Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Emaw podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Tillery. I hope you're having an absolutely wonderful Wednesday. I feel like I've been having a great Wednesday myself, but it's always a little bit brighter when I get to talk to you guys and tell you what's going on in the K-State community. So before we get into things here today, let me say... If you enjoy the show, if you've listened to it either once or a hundred times, wherever you fall on that spectrum, go ahead and consider leaving us a rating, a five-star rating, and then sending it over to Pete Mundo. That's M-U-N-D-O. You can find him at Pete Mundo at Heartland College Sports, or you can find him on the Heartland College Sports official website. Send him a screenshot of that review, and you will get yourself a free Heartland College Sports koozie to keep your beers cold all summer long. And not the Kid Rock version, but I hope it's going to be a great summer for you. Rocking a Heartland College Sports koozie. We've got some new merch things coming down the pipeline as well. But for now, we are in on the koozies, telling you about it. So if you're interested in grabbing one of those, send a screenshot review over to Pete, and you will be rocking a Heartland College Sports koozie. But guys, we are here to talk about the Wildcats. And I'm going to start it off right now. The last couple weeks, we have not had much to talk about K-State specific-wise. You know, there hasn't been somebody touring K-State in the transfer portal. There hasn't been a big storyline that we all need to follow about K-State football. You know, no coach hirings. I mean, I guess we had a video director hired. I apologize for not knowing the name off the top of my head, but things are not popping off in the news world as of right now. However, when you take a step back and you look at the conference as a whole, and I'm not saying there's going to be a conference realignment episode, although I'm sure some of you might appreciate that. On that topic, the Colorado Buffaloes, Deion Sanders and the boys, are set to return to the Big 12 Conference in 2024. How about that? Everybody get your parties hats and blowers out and whistles out. Let's all get excited for this. This is a huge accomplishment for Brett Yormark and the boys. I mean, think about this. Going into the final few days of Brett Yormark's first year, first year with the Big 12 Conference, his first official calendar year, he brings in a massive brand for the Big 12, a founding Big 12 member back when the league was constructed, the Colorado Buffs, Headed back, Boulder's officially Big 12 country once again. After a 12-year hiatus, we are welcoming them back. The same year that Texas and Oklahoma end up heading for the SEC. What a time to be alive. And I'm sure if you're like me, because I know I have been, I've been crushing some memes down. Not not necessarily posting memes, but I've been crushing and getting after some Big 12 conference realignment memes, all the different schools, uh, different schools who want to be saved off the Pac-12 sinking lifeboat that is. It's not looking great for the Pac-12. It is not, and that's the lightest understatement I could say on the Pac-12. Things aren't looking great. However, you know what this means for the conference with Colorado joining? Think about all of the history. Think about all the old rivalries. Think about the possibility of making a road trip to Boulder once again. For those of you, I I was in college from 2000 and, oh boy, it's already, I've already forgotten it. It hasn't been that long. 2018 to 2022 were the years I was in college at. I didn't get to see Boulder. I didn't get to see them. I toured them on an unofficial visit, but I didn't get to see it in Big 12 country. You know, that ship had sailed. And I thought that boat was long gone. The idea of Colorado returning, I'm just like, well, you know, maybe a one in, what, 200 chance in the next decade? There's no way that happens. How about it? How about Brett Yarmark coming out at Big 12 Media Days and saying, we're exploring expansion, but we're not, you know, we've got a plan in place, but we're not going to talk about it. And not because we want the focus to be on football, a.k.a. Mr. George Klaykov. I don't need to say all that. But I do know this. The Pac-12 fumbled the bag. There was a chance when they could have merged with the Big 12 right back when Oklahoma and Texas were leaving and we all thought the sky was falling. Now we've got stability out the wazoo. UCF, Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, Colorado. These are five new Big 12 teams. And the questions continue. Everybody looks around and says, you know what? Washington and Oregon... I mean, they're looking like a hot date tonight. Are we bringing them back to the Big 12? Then you look around and you see Arizona. Oh, boy. There's a good one coming in. 
Do we want Arizona? We all want Arizona. The good things are looking good. The bad clouds are away. The dark skies are away. The Big 12 is in the best era of stability ever under Brett Yormark. All hail Brett Yormark, man. I'm ready to pledge allegiance to that guy. He has saved the conference. He has revamped the conference. And let me give some credit to Bob Bowlesby for, for positioning the league with four new addition teams that added so much stability to the ranks. I mean, we can't look past Bob Bowlesby. But, 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 but. we still got questions to answer. Still more teams in conversation. You know, there's obviously the question of the Utah Utes, who seemingly everybody in the Big 12 hates right now. And I don't blame you. I do not blame you. But there's going to be some stories coming up in the next couple of weeks. So people moving around. The Big Ten announced today they're not closing the door on expansion, but they're exploring it. I don't really read too much into that because I also read the story of, hey, we're not going to mess around with any of that. We're going to focus on making sure USC and UCLA have a great addition to the conference of the Big Ten. That's what I read. The Big 12 is in the best position to strike. They've got the bow already locked and loaded. They're ready to go. They've got to pull the trigger and grab these schools. And if you don't, if you don't, it's not a reflection on Brett Yormark. It's not a reflection of the Big 12. The people that will be kicking themselves if Arizona doesn't move, they're going to end up in the Mountain West. Same thing for a lot of those Pac-12 teams on a sinking ship. Because here's the thing, and I know a lot of people are like, well, Washington and Oregon, they want to go to the Big Ten. Does it matter? Does it matter? Because think about this. The Big Ten is the second best conference in America. I'm not going to sit here and dispute that. Number one, obviously, SEC. Then you go Big Ten. Then you go Big 12. And that's subject to change because the Big 12 is moving. I mean, they've got the locomotion chugging along. If the Big Ten wanted Washington and Oregon, wouldn't they have done that? Wouldn't you have done that the same time you got USC and UCLA made one foul swoop? Well, we don't want to upset the league. That has nothing to do with it. You don't care about other leagues. You care about what's under your feet. You care about your ground, your foundation. And I'm not sitting here to say be some, you know, judgmental guy who doesn't care about other people, but think about this. You know, if you're in a house and your walls are closing down, but there's four other houses around you that their houses are closing down, wouldn't you at least start with st- stabilizing your house? Wouldn't you build up your walls before going elsewhere to help on their walls? I'm not saying that it's easy to be greedy and self-centered. That's not how this works. But how it does work, money dominates things. Audience dominates things. Viewership, all the numbers, all these TV deals. It makes sense for the Big 12 to land Washington and Oregon and Arizona. It even makes sense for UConn in my mind. And I know people are quick to say, well, we don't want UConn. I'd be okay with it. I'd be okay with a lot of these things. But what's great is that no matter which teams come in, I don't worry about any of these addition schools. Arizona, great program in football, great program in basketball. However, they can't win a game in March, and we all know that. Oregon, we know what they can do in both sports. I mean, the only thing that I don't like about Oregon is their basketball court, but that's fine. Washington, similar thing, great football program, figuring it out on the basketball side. The reason I don't worry about any of these schools, at the, at the face value, obviously I want there to be uniformity and strength and solidarity in the league, but specific to K-State, that doesn't matter to me. If I want to focus on our team only, K-State is in the best position of any team. The entire league, old team, new team, anybody you want to say, because you've got the two best coaches in the spot. I'm not saying that, I'm not going to sit here and say Jerome Tang's a better coach than Bill Self. I would love to, but what I am saying is of all the hires you could have made in both football and basketball, the duo of Chris Kleiman, Jerome Tang, that's got to be the best two-coach duo in all of college sports. It's got to be. And I'm not saying that, okay, if you have Nick Saban and Nate Oates, I get that. 
I still don't fully sit here and say that it's a unanimous decision that there's better 2 duo coaching than anywhere else in K-State. Think about that. Which teams are dominating recruiting? And I'm not saying just in the league, because Lance Leipold's doing a great job at Kansas of recruiting. Which coach do you want to play for in the Big 12? Basketball or football? Immediate. Chris Kleiman, Sonny Dykes maybe. Joey McGuire's done good. Lance Leipold, I guess. You know, we haven't fully seen him take all that talent and turn it into something fully. Six wins isn't enough for me to put him on Mount Rushmore or anything. Which coach do you want to play for in Big 12 basketball? Scott Drew? Bill Self? Jerome Tang? There's other coaches out there too, but the immediate thoughts. I mean, Rodney Terry, I guess, but he's only a one-year guy. Jerome Tang, you want to play for that guy. High school recruits want to play for that guy. College athletes want to play for that guy. There's not a better spot to play sports in the country than K-State right now. And I get what you're saying. You know, maybe people will say, well, Manhattan, you know, it's a small town. In K- if you haven't been to Manhattan, I get why you're saying that. You get to Manhattan, you never want to leave. You never do. Nobody does. Even the people that graduate from K-State don't want to move on. We're all still there mentally a little bit. And that's where we want to be. Same thing with these players. It's the reason Arthur Kaluma came. It's the reason Tyler Perry came in. These dudes didn't just get to fly into Manhattan. They had to fly to Kansas City, then drive to Manhattan, and still committed to K-State. Obviously, knowing the airport's going to be fixed here soon, they're repaving all the runways, I believe. But Avery Johnson isn't going to want to go play somewhere else. Will Howard isn't going to want to go play somewhere else. Will Howard came to K-State for Chris Kleiman specifically. You've all heard the story, but I'll say it again. The reason Will Howard's at K-State, who developed his favorite quarterback of all time, Carson Wentz? At the college level, Chris Kleiman, who has won six or seven national championships in just about as many years at North Dakota State. He's a top 10 coach in college football. Jerome Tang, obviously coach of the year, top 10 coach in college basketball. And the recruiting reflects that. The money reflects that. Players coming in reflects that. Things are looking great at both schools, but that's, what, that's the reason why I don't worry about conference realignment. I don't worry about Arizona coming in and taking over in basketball, so to speak. I don't worry about teams like Washington on the football field or Oregon on the football field. K-State can figure it out. You've got one of the best offensive coordinators in the country in Colin Klein up there. After his first year, guy already won a championship in his first year. You've got Will Howard, guy with a massive chip on his shoulder, who developed more than anybody in the country. I mean, you got to think about it. Goes from a, a relative backup to a Maxwell Award watchlist player. Second team, all Big 12, I believe, in preseason rankings. Obviously, they didn't release that, but... I don't know, he's right up there with Dylan Gabriel, Quinn Ewers, who I don't think is going to be as good, but that's neither here nor there. Jalen Daniels. Will Howard is a winner. The guy's ready to go. This is an NFL quarterback in college, and you can tell. He's got all the physical traits, the mental traits, the work ethic, the charisma, everything you need. Will Howard's ready for it. Deuce Vaughn goes, that's okay. Felix goes, that's okay. They're both hell of a player. I mean, they're both unbelievable athletes. K-State finds spots to fill them. You get a four-star recruit in Treshawn Ward to come in. Khalid Dukes moving back to his spot. You get guys that have been mentioned all the time. Jordan Allen, four-star prospect to come in. I mean, Chris Kleiman has made his bread and butter. and Any other topping you want to put on your sandwiches, that guy's made a living developing recruits. And instead of starting with these one-star, two-star guys, you know, two-star athletes, three-star athletes, we're starting to get to the four-star athlete conversation. I mean, think about when Avery Johnson hits the field for the first time. Yeah, maybe he'll have some setbacks or some rocky games. He's got every tool possible to be one of K-State's Mount Rushmore quarterbacks. And you think about the success that's happened. Skylar Thompson, NFL quarterback. Adrian Martinez signs with the Lions as an undrafted free agent. 
Will Howard going to be an NFL quarterback. Avery Johnson, we haven't seen him play, and he's going to be an NFL quarterback. He's got that Quinn Ewers type of talent where it's, well, it doesn't matter. He's a good enough guy to figure it out. He'll be ready. He'll be ready. And you think about it, what, two, three years from now? Doesn't it feel like Jerome Tang and the staff on the basketball side of things are going to bring in Pat Gongba, who's been training with Tim Duncan this offseason, wakeboarding. And in the gym, Tim Duncan, the big fundamental, is teaching a prospect that's considering K-State, a top 20 prospect in the nation. David Castillo, one of the highest K-State recruits ever, coming to join the Wildcats. Jerome Tang has changed the brand. Chris Kleiman has changed the brand. It goes from, you know what, there's, there's some good old boys at K-State. You know, you've got some good three-star players that are from Kansas, Iowa, Nebraska that grow up in small towns. They come to play big school football and in the Big 12, and they finish with a bowl game every season. Chris Kleiman's changed that narrative. You go to K-State because you want to compete to win a title. And Chris Kleiman said it himself. You can go to K-State and win the Big 12 championship and get drafted in the first round of the NFL. You don't have to go to Georgia to win a championship and then get drafted in the first round. You don't have to go to Texas to have that happen. Granted, since 2009, I can't even make that argument for Texas. I can't say that. Oklahoma's an example of that. You don't have to go to Oklahoma to win a Big 12 title to get drafted in the first round. Will McDonald, you saw that. Him from Iowa State. Goes to Iowa State, which is still wild to me that I mean, come on, Brendan Mott had six sacks. Will McDonald had five last year and was drafted with the 15th overall pick. Tyree Wilson, I, did, I didn't even know that name until the NFL draft. I didn't. He didn't affect the game in my mind. I didn't see him go crazy or anything like that. Felix, the best player in the Big 12 on the defensive side of the ball. And you can make a case for other guys. Not when he's the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year and one of the best players in the country. I mean, Alabama's triple team. In the, you got two linemen shading Felix and a running back chipping him. That's one of the best schools ever in college football, shading three people to guard one guy. You can be an absolute dog under Chris Kleiman. And here's the thing. I could say this one way or another. Felix was not a dog when he showed up. I'm sure he had a big heart and he was ready to play and compete, but the guy hardly had anyone power, power five offers. You know, he was considering going to Missouri as a student, and the day before he decides to go to Mizzou, Kleiman sends him an offer. He came in 195 pounds soaking wet, maybe 210. Kleiman develops him to 255, 6'4", one of the most feared players in the country, a first-round draft pick in his hometown with the Kansas City Chiefs. That guy. He develops a two-time All-American in back-to-back seasons in Deuce Vaughn. A two-time All-American in Cooper Beebe, obviously going to be a three-time All-American in the event that things go his way this season. He's got the ability to draft these guys, to get them drafted in the NFL, as well as compete for a title. It is only a matter of time before we're going college football playoff mode. Think about this. Will Howard has this year. The guys are ready. The O-line's back. This could be the year. Skill positions look great. Defense looks great. Guys are ready to go. Don't you think this could be the year? And then you think about it. Well, maybe not. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Will Howard still has eligibility after this year. Obviously, we're going to want to give the keys to Avery Johnson at some point. But you get Will Howard to step on the field as a fifth-year senior after probably having a dark horse Heisman season this season, maybe a top 10 quarterback season this season at least, you get that guy back for a fifth year, there's no way he's not the best offensive player in the Big 12. Best quarterback at least. Then you look on the roster. You get Avery Johnson after back-to-back redshirt seasons as a freshman and sophomore. The guy has multiple years of eligibility to get to K-State say, you know what, I'm ready to go. Get me out there. Balls out. If we don't make a college football playoff in the next five years, I would be shocked. And I know that's an advantageous thought. I know it is. 
I'd be shocked. The next decade, think about the recruiting that Kleiman's doing. Think about the recruiting that Jerome Tang's doing. It took one year for us to get in serious conversations with top 20 recruits. Darian Reed, the 15th player in the class of 2024-2025, toured K-State. Pat Gongba, top 20 player in the class of 2024, toured K-State. David Castillo, number 21 in the country at one point in 2024, commits to K-State. It took one year to go from Bruce Weber, who could never find a top 100 prospect in his life, to Jerome Tang landing dang near three in his first year. Michaela Bridge falling just outside the top 100. Things are changing, man. The wheels are in motion. So I don't worry. I don't worry about conference realignment. I don't worry about all that stuff. Think about the game-to-game basis. K-State should be favored in every single game, but except for, and hear me out, because the way betting odds work, they're going to go with Texas and Oklahoma to be favored. Every other game this season, they should be favored. And obviously, we're not playing Oklahoma this season, but Texas. Texas is going to be favored, what, three points, three and a half points? K-State's been slept on for far too long. It's time for the sleeping giant to wake up. It's time. Chris Kleiman has that ability. Colin Klein just signed a new contract with K-State, got a raise. He's staying for a while. Jerome Tang, in the process, we don't know what the report is, but in the process of signing a massive contract to stay in Manhattan. Things are beautiful in the Little Apple. You know, you've got a top 100 players on both sides of the ball coming in for football. Top 100 players on the basketball court coming in. Naquan Tomlin, Coach Tang, taking a page out of Chris Kleiman's notebook, takes a virtually unknown player outside of the JUCO ranks. Like, in JUCO, I'm sure he was known. Maybe not nationwide, but in a certain spot, Chipola College is a JUCO powerhouse. Takes a virtually unknown player and turns him into a what? A top 10 NBA draft pick next year? Naquan Tomlin is unbelievable. He's done that with guys who averaged two minutes a game in a Cam Carter at Mississippi State. Bebe had a good career with K-State. Desi Sills had a great season after averaging 9.5 last year. Marquise Noel, NBA player. Probably the starting point guard for the Toronto Raptors here soon. Alongside Grady Dick. Keontae Johnson, NBA player. Drafted in the second round. It is just the start, my friends. It's just the start, my friends. I'm just asking for a little bit of patience and be ready for the moment. And in the words of the great Jerome Tang, from here on out, expect to win. That's what's going to happen. Expect to win every game, guys. But thank you so much for listening to the Everything Emo podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. We really appreciate you rocking with us alongside all the new conference realignment stuff, all the new Big 12 news coming out. So we appreciate your continued support. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and go Cats.